Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Bearded Dragon Games. You can support us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Welcome to Eternal Girls. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Golia. Phil's out this week. Yeah, we uh, think Phil might be doing something late at night. Like, he said he had to work till like 2 in the morning the other day. Yeah. So we think he might still be sleeping. We're recording at uh, 8 o'clock a.m. my time uh, <laughs> today, so. It'll be fun. We're going to talk about BattleBot. Whoa. I really like previews shows. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. Battlebond, uh, it looks... I, I, I wish I was more of a casual player because this looks like a fun set to do, to do like, what they intend for you to do with it, like, play Two-Headed Giant, which I honestly haven't done probably since I was, like, 13. Um, but they did put out some cards that are legacy playable here, so we should talk about those. I will say that, like, I, I would love to play it just because of all the sports cards <laughs> and just being able to, like you know, goof off and be like, it's a fumble, yeah. you know, when you resolve fumble. Yeah. But uh, I also feel like that no one at Wizards has ever seen a sport besides Quidditch because a yeah. lot of these sports <laughs> cards are kind of... <laughs> yeah, anyway. Insert sports ball joke here. I know, it's basically like, oh, these are some words I've heard people talk about with sports. And like, I'm like, okay, well, I would have called this a different thing, but like, that's not, but whatever. I want to know how you play Battlebond too. I guess I could have read any of the zillions of I, articles. I, I'm I'm not positive, uh, I'm not, so don't quote me. But I believe it is uh, field deck or draft two headed giant. So you. Oh no, I meant in universe how you play Battlebond or whatever this game is called. <laughs> what do you mean in universe? Oh, like. But how, what's the how, game they're how, playing? Like what? Oh, what the like arena structure is for this? Like, yeah, well, I mean, like what the. What are you fumbling? Is there a ball? Like, there's a game plan. There's like tagging people in. Like, it's like Calvin Ball, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like wrestling <laughs> slash rugby slash Quidditch. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Arena Rector. Three and a white. Creature human cleric for it. It's a one two. When Arena Rector dies, you may exile it. If you do, search your library for a planeswalker card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. I mean, Rector, I mean, there's... Right? like it's a rector, and rector's generally good. And this this card gets some of the best cards from your deck. Uh, I I like it a lot. Well, I think the thing about this card is so there's the academy rector deck mm-hmm. right now that that's you know called mixed fit or whatever, but it's really an academy rector deck where you set up this lock situation with a couple enchantments. The thing about planeswalkers is that they're just good on their own. You know? Yeah. And they're castable. So, like, it's not like, oh, I need to get this Arena Rector down and then kill it so I can get my 9 or 10 mana thing that then will win the game in four turns. Yeah. Like, you could just sort of, like, play this and then, you know, have, like, an Ugin, but also just, like, play a bunch of Jaces. Yeah. I'm, you get what I'm saying? Like, you know, play Nicol Bolas or whatever. Like, whatever, whatever monstrosity you want to throw into your Mixit deck that, like, can... That, you know, castable or not, like this card, this card comes down for, you know, like on turn two sometimes with, uh, you know, your uh, what's it called? You can turn two Ugin with this. Yeah. It's, it involves Phyrexian cool. Tower. Um, Cabal Therapy will, and uh, what's it called? Uh, your Veteran yeah, it's, Explorer. Yeah, it's turn one Veteran Explorer, turn two Tower Sack Explorer. So you have black black floating. You get white white. Um, you cast Arena Rector with white, white, green, black. You cast Cabal Therapy with the floating black. You sacrifice this. You get Ugin. Or whatever. Jace. That's the thing. Like, and, um, you still have, and you still have mana left over. Uh, you don't actually have mana oh, left no, over. No, you, 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 but but yeah, yeah. The point is, like, uh, that's possible. Now, with Academy Rector, you can do that and get, you know, uh, whatever it's called, uh, the Overwhelming Splendor, which would also end the game. Basically, anything you can do that's busted on turn two and Legacy ends the game, though, right? Yeah, this is so I don't think it's better or worse. But one thing I would say is that there's more of a chance that they're going to print some sort of really stupid Planeswalker. 
you know? Yeah. Like, I think we've maxed out on enchantment with overwhelming splendor and omniscience, you know? Yeah. But we we haven't quite maxed out on planeswalkers yet, so who knows yeah, what we what haven't, like, we don't, I, I haven't even explored the, like, completely uncastable planeswalkers from, like, the, the planeswalker decks. Like, yeah. I, I don't ever look at those, because I'm like, no one's going to cast this eight mana monstrosity ever. You know, Jace, the too much, I, I cost too much mana. You know? Yeah, right. So th- this card might allow some of those cards to be played. I, I mean, I know some decks in Sander were playing with one of the Nisses for a while because it was just like gain four loyalty, pl- gain three life or something like that. It was like yeah. insane. Like they were just like, I'll just keep protecting this ivory tower every turn. Yeah. Well, and it's like even um, something like that is six mana, right? Like the six mana Sorin is a really good card. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, nope. Sorin Sorin Grim. Grim Nemesis, right? Like this thing, like if you like this thing is castable and Nick fit anyway, though you wouldn't want to like lean too heavily on it. Yeah. But even then, it's going to come down at six, go to seven, and start killing them and drawing you more cards, right? And that's a card that even in a Nick fit deck you could conceivably cast, but you could also cheat it out with this thing. Yeah. Uh, to me, the big one is Ugin, though the Nicole Bolas from the uh, from. Uh, Amoncat, like what? God, God Pharaoh, Pharaoh? Right? Yeah. yeah. Like this thing is less castable just because it's got blue and red in it. Yeah. Um, but if you like, just throw this into your deck and be like, okay, this is at eight loyalty, and you're exiling two cards from your hand a turn. You know, that's probably enough. Yeah. And <laughs> um, on top of that, like, just you know, hey, I'm gonna hit you for seven as a finisher. Like this card does win the game if left unchecked. Right. Exactly. You know? Right. So. I think that it's not overwhelming splendor lock is really good, um, but I you know it's not the same sort of utility just any other time like like I said like you just put your billies in here you put your a couple of Garricks or whatever you normal your Nick fit planeswalkers right yeah. and then maybe that's what the situation calls for like oh I don't I don't need or I can't get Nugan because it's been you know or exiled or it's in my hand or something I'll just get this card that's already busted or like overly powered right. Yeah, so. I mean, there are plenty of times when you're probably going to cast that card and be like, well, if I don't get rid of this Trunian Nemesis with Liliana of the Veil, I lose. You know? Right, exactly. Exactly. I think So I think that the deck has legs. I don't think it's it's the same sort of all-in lock deck as the other thing. It's more like you just kind of play your game, and you have this as a backup plan. Yeah. Do you agree? I do, yes. Cool. We agree. Arcane Artisan. Two and a blue for a creature human wizard. It's an O three. 3 Two blue tap. Target player draws a card, then exiles a card from their hand. If a creature card is exiled this way, that player creates a token that's a copy of that card. When Arcane Artisan leaves the battlefield, exile all tokens created with it at the beginning of the next end step. I think the most busted part about this is the fact that it draws you a card. Right. Like, I mean, doing what yeah. it does is pretty, is pretty powerful like in a vacuum. But the fact that it also draws you a card, so it replaces itself basically, um, and puts like a creature into play, you know, that seems really, really good. I, I there's obviously the application here is just like exile Grizzlebrand or whatever, right? Um, and that's fine. It's six mana. You got to untap with it. Like I think it's a little overvalued, or has been in the in the sort of couple days, just because of that. Like, that's a lot to ask. Um, but I will say this. I really think you could play Lightning Greaves with this card. Yeah, I like, mean, you could play, like, a whole different version of, of uh, Show and Tell, right? Well, if you've got Soul Lands in your deck, you play a Lightning Greaves, and then you play this and equip it. Now it can't be killed, right? Yeah. And then, when you make the thing, you just move the Lightning Greaves onto that thing, and you probably win. Yeah, the funny thing is, is like, once you, you know, once you have, you know, Grizzlebrand on the board, you know, if your opponent even removes this thing, the game's still over. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) Drawing seven cards in in these style decks, like, generally, like, it doesn't matter. Once you've put out a 7-7 lifelinker, that's that's trouble. But, like, being like, oh, I'll just draw seven more cards, I have seven more ways to threaten, threaten you, is generally enough. Uh... And, you know, how many lightning bolts can you play? Eventually, like, you're just going to actually cast show and tell, you know? 
this is this is nice also because it's another way around the the common ways to deal with the show and tell decks, which is like bring in spell pierce, spell pierce, bring in uh you know negate cluster storm. Yep, containment priest. This yeah. beats containment priest. Does it beat containment priest? Yeah, because it's cre um. I think containment priest actually says non-token creatures. It doesn't be. Yeah, if a non-token creature. Oh. It doesn't beat oh. uh, Hallowed Moonlight, but no one plays that. Hallowed unless you're too, yeah. Unless you're too cheap to buy uh, Containment Priests. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just don't think... I think like, it's obvious to be like, oh, this is like a sideboard plan for show-and-tell or a backup plan for like the existing show-and-tell deck. And my point about Lightning Grease is just like, you could do something else. You could try something else in this idea, with this idea, right? Yeah, I mean, you can definitely try something else, but I mean, this allows the deck to be mono blue if it wants to. You can just take out your sneak attacks, which I don't prescribe per se, but but you know, like if you want to build like uh, I I know we've been talking about doing an, another episode of budget decks. Like this is a budget choice for like a sneak and show deck. Yeah, and it makes it budget just by not requiring you to buy volcanic exactly. islands. So, yeah, yeah, that's huge. Not that sneak attack is that expensive anymore, but yeah, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know the cards. I, I, here's the thing. I think the card's cool. I like this. I think the effect is interesting. I find six mana and tap a lot to ask in Legacy. Um, but I don't want to dissuade people from trying it. You know what I mean? So I'm sort of like, I don't want to be one of those people who's like, no, nah, this just sucks. But I'm not huge on it, but it's cool. It's a cool effect. And it and there's clearly um, ways, ways you can go with this, right? Yeah. All right. Spellseeker. I uh, think this card's funny. Uh, Spellseeker is also two and a blue for a creature human wizard. Uh, she is a 1-1. One, one. Uh, when Spellseeker enters the battlefield, you may search your library for an instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost two or less. Reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So it's a uh, spell recruiter. Yeah, I mean, the, the neat thing about this card is, I mean, the, the amount of utility that it just adds to, to like any deck that, want, that wants an effect like this, like you just can... You can get almost any sort of like one of sideboard card that you might have, um, right? Which is which is super cool. Um, in vintage, you're just obviously gonna cast this for three mana and be like, I'm gonna put this ancestral recall into my hand, uh, right? Exactly. Or time walk, you know, if you've already cast your ancestral recall. Yeah, or merchant scroll if you've already cast. Uh, if you have like something, one of those two in your hand, just get the other one. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it also gets non-blue cards, which I think is important to yeah. note. I think Surgical Extraction, one of our friends built a deck that was like, well, we'll just play four of these and play like all these one of in main board that are still good anyway, like Surgical Extraction um, and like Enchantment Removal or something like that, you know, that you don't necessarily always want, but like maybe as a one of. I mean, this gets Abrupt Decay, <laughs> which is cool. cool. Um, my only question on this is the rate, I think two and a blue for this. The thing with the recruiters is that... Um, the, usually the thing they're getting is some sort of crazy combo piece. Yeah. That, uh, or I mean, I guess not with Recruiter of the Guard as much. With the Recruiter for sure. With Recruiter of the Guard though, there's that's a vile card, you know. So it's not yeah. being ta you're not tapping three mana for it, or you're tapping three mana for it and then tapping your vile for whatever it gets. Um, and this is gonna require some different building, and then three mana might be too much. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would play it in, like, a Delver deck for sure. Like, there's no situation where I'm like, oh, man, I really want to get that one of sideboard cards, you know, like, uh, in, in a Delver deck when you're already playing with Brainstorms and Ponders. Right, um, exactly. That's but, other, yeah. But, like, I don't know, maybe this is a card that I could see being played in, uh, what's it called? Uh, no, I was going to say, uh, what, uh, ah, Shardless Agent, but, like, it doesn't really work with Shardless Agent in any way whatsoever. <laughs> like, the cards you want in your deck with Shardless Agent, you're never going to bring in cards like Instants and Sorceries you can cast uh, with Shardless Agent that, like, you would want to use in situations. Yeah, I think the, yeah, it's really just, like, is there ever going to be an application for it? Or is, is waiting till turn four to cast your two or mana or less into your sorcery good? And yeah. I think that, so I see this as more of a combo card, like some sort of either value week combo or something like that. Like, mm -hmm. it's hard to say, you know what I mean? But um, you could, like, like in a Lurin, you could have a Lurin, get this, get El, like Eldamri's Call, 
get um you know cavern harpy bounce this play it again get another aldomri's call get strix you know like that's what i'm that's what i'm talking about yeah like the three the three mana rate is too expensive to do fairly um though it is now here's i I wish phil was on um in the wizard deck that phil's been working on you could you can get this get curfew bounce one of your opponent's guys and rebounce one of your enter the battlefield wizards and then put it right back into play off your vial like there's like that's what i'm saying like i think this this is a shenanigans card more than a fair card yeah probably shenanigans i think i think in in vintage it it might see play as a as a fair card right i mean even to say like this like in a reanimator again reanimator isn't fair so it's like this is edict protection and then it also gets half of your reanimator combo you know so but only like the half that you have to be missing at that point yeah you certainly can't get a creature with it all right, stunning reversal. Three and a black instant. The next time you would lose the game this turn, instead, draw seven cards and your life total becomes one. Exile, stunning reversal. I mean, this just seems like an auto-include into into uh, any deck that wants to spend four mana on a black card. So, <laughs> like, what, uh... Storm. Storm. Like, an obvious, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, was I about to lose? No, I wasn't. And then you play this. And you draw seven cards and you kill your opponent the next turn, like immediately, you know? Anytime yeah, I, something says draw seven, you kind of have to pay attention to it. That, that's how I feel about this. Like, this is a draw seven. And it also, like, the thing is it reverse breaks stuff that, um, or it breaks stuff that's supposed to be a downside, like losing the game. Yeah. Um, so, like, my go-to for this is always Final Fortune. So, like, you can, because, like, if you Final Fortune at the end, because that's also an instant, you Final Fortune at the end of your opponent's turn, you take your turn, you cast this, you go to your end step, then you draw seven and take your real turn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Now, the question is, what are you doing with your deck that's casting red, red, and also three and a black? <laughs> I mean, you're probably um, casting Tendrils of Agony, I think. Yeah, right? your next that, turn is probably, answer. like, some sort of... Yeah, you're on some sort of storm deck, right? Yeah. And then, then so now you've like refilled your hand, and you've got a turn where you're all untapped, and you're you've got you know a full hand. You've got to discard stuff, but maybe you have passive flames. I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe maybe a... doomsday. You know, what are the other cards that like lose you the game? Like packs. Unfortunately for doomsday, this doesn't. Um, you can't draw the draw sevens. Not useful for doomsday. No, honestly, <laughs> no. I, I take that back. Yeah. Um, now, okay, hold on. This is gonna they're gonna say. Um, <laughs> what are you talking about? So with this card, Mirror of Fate, which is a five mana artifact from M10, where you can put seven exiled cards from your library or from the seven exiled cards on top of your library, and then like so, there's like a Mirror of Fate leveler, <laughs> like. Um, idea where you exile your whole library, you go to draw a card, instead you cast this. That's I don't a know. Lot of pieces. <laughs> a lot of pieces. Jeez. <laughs> gotta is, go deep. That is a card, though. Yeah. What, what? Like, how was that card ever even played? Like leveler? Like that? Like did someone try and ever make that work? Or you just like I'll cast leveler and fling you for ten? I guess I don't know. <laughs> Dragon Breath? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Such a bad card. Well, you know, it's one of those cards they make. But Leveler anyway. is a five-mana artifact creature that's a 10-10 that removes your, grade, your library from library the game. So the game. you yeah. don't even get to attack with it. I don't even know how that, like, why why Wizards would print a card that's so obviously terrible. At least make it a 20-20. I mean, come on. Well, maybe you're supposed to reshuffle your graveyard. Anyway, back to Sunning Reversal. The other thing that combos with is packs. Packs make you lose the game. Yeah. So, um... Like, but then you're tapped out because you got to do it on your upkeep. So, unless you go like ritual, ritual, or ritual this out, and you got two storm, and you've got some untapped lands, and then you draw seven. Yeah, I mean, I don't think turn. that. I mean, in a, in a deck, in a deck that's playing this card, you probably have access to lotus petals, chromoxes, you know. So I, I I think that there's a lot of potential for this card. Uh, the really upsetting part is like 
you know, you're casting this on your opponent's turn, you have to win your next turn or you're going to get killed. Like, the if your opponent can can get you and you draw seven cards and lose, it's a pretty bad, bad situation for you. Yeah. The thing that really this competes with is sort of just Grizzlebrand yeah. <laughs> uh, the draw seven that is, that is, that you're jumping through hoops to get out. Um, it also eats your life total. And even this, it's funny, this even combos with uh, children of Corliss sort of the same way. So if you were at like 17 and you cast this because your opponent was going to somehow like kill you. Yeah. Uh, your life total becoming, or you, or you are sorry, you would like trigger the lose the game effect. Mm -hmm. um, so you were at 17 when you died. Your life total becomes one, so you can gain 16 off of Children of Corliss that turn too. So yeah. get right um, back in the game. You're right back in it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's such a cool card, and I I want to make it work. We'll see. I I don't know. Where's my mouse here? Sorry. Okay. Will Kenrith, four blue-blue. Legendary Planeswalker Will, plus two, until your next turn. Up to two target creatures, each have base power and toughness zero three, and lose all abilities. Minus two. Target player draws two cards. Until your next turn, instant source your Planeswalker spells that player cast cost two generic mana less to cast. Minus eight. Target player gets an emblem with. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, he partners with Rowan, which means he can search the library when he comes into play for her. And I don't know if that's his wife or sister or what. They look alike, but, you I'm know. I'm guessing sister? I don't know. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Probably sister. Um, so we were just talking about uncastable Planeswalkers now that Arena Rector exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this card... This I mean, I don't know. seems like <laughs> you could... Like, one, you could play it in, in decks that would want this sort of effect. Like, Miracles gets up to six mana. Um, I don't know that you, you want to be the tap-out uh -huh. control deck that, that uh, this, this card kind of wants you to be in, in a Miracles deck, but, like, it's another offering. Um, I think that the all the effects that it has are relevant, which is which is sort of important for a Planeswalker. Yeah. I don't know that there's room for it in any deck like that, because the minus two is interesting, but, like... If it's like minus two, then I can cast my Jays for two blue. Like, wouldn't I just rather have another Jays on this turn instead? Yeah. yeah. Like, I wouldn't have rather will be a Jays. No, I mean, getting more um, than one, more than one Planeswalker out, uh, as as I found playing Arena, is pretty bonkers when your opponent doesn't have any Planeswalkers out. <laughs> like, basically casting two right. free spells yeah. a turn. You know, like taking over the game with, with a second Planeswalker is, is like, a real thing. And it, it definitely, like, in Miracles, I find sometimes when I cast Jace, I'm like, okay, well, this is fine. Like, I have Jace out, but my opponent generally can deal with, like, a Planeswalker. Um, but yeah. having a second one out, like Gideon, you know, like having Gideon allies in the car out as well, generally just closes yeah. out the game. They're just like, there's too much advantage. I can't I can't deal with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to concede for the most part. Um so I think the, the implied like that. thing that we're what's that? Yeah. What I'm saying, is, the implied thing we're saying here is that the minus or the two less on instance or sorcery is not that big a deal. Yeah. Just because they're also cheap anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everything in your deck, like you're not like unless you're casting more planeswalkers, like you're getting your deck full of planeswalkers, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter that much. So yeah, now if you're in the if you're on that Nixfit Nixfit deck or whatever whatever arena fit. Now, you draw two cards, and your deck is crammed full of Planeswalkers, suddenly you just spit out three more Planeswalkers that turn. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But, I don't know. It's it's interesting effect, but it is appropriately costed, which is the problem, right? Yeah, this is true. This was, this was unappropriately costed. It would be better. Brightling. One white-white creature shapeshifter. It is a 3-3. Three, three. For white, it gains Vigilance on the turn. For white, it gains Lifeling on the turn. For white... Return Brightling to its owner's hand for one generic mana. It gets plus one, minus one, or minus one, plus one until end of turn. So it's a Morphling variant. So. Yeah. I, so when you we were talking about this card before, and I, did, I only had heard the name, I assumed that this was uh, some sort of variant version of Blightning. <laughs> and it, like, yeah, you, you had know, one white like, blue target player gains two life and draws two cards. That would be sick. Yeah, yeah I was like, that, that seems that seems like a pretty... Pretty, like I would I would play that card in in uh, 
in Legacy, like a draw two, gain three life for three mana instant, like I would play that. Yeah. Or try to. Uh, but that's not what this is. This <laughs> it's is unfortunately not. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't think this here's this this just smashes right into the true name nemesis problem for me. Like, this is a three mana three power double color, right? Mm-hmm. But it does nothing when it comes into play. You have to untap with it, or you can make it a four mana. And the best thing you get, like the best evasion it has, is just bouncing back so you can cast it again. Yeah, that's not good. Well, specifically, I mean, now we were talking about how bad it is against Baleful Strix. Right, right. It's bad against Baleful Strix. Um, and it, like, and the thing is, like, it's just not. That's not the kind of thing that works right now. Um, like I tried that with Squee. Like, oh, Squee's a forever blocker, you know. I was casting their turn and blocked their Gurmag Angler. But your opponent also gets to draw a card a turn, which sucks. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would, like, I can see a potential future where Death and Taxes plays this only because the bounce with Vile is not as bad. True. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not a relevant creature type. It is just a shapeshifter. It's, I don't know. It's a cool card that I just don't think can exist in the format with True Name. Like, you're not cutting Flickerwist for this. You're not cutting Recruit of the Guard for this. It's in the it's in the um, Mirren Crusader slot. I just think Mirren Crusader is better. At least it's got some innate protection if your opponent only has Fatal Push or something. Or Abrupt yeah. Decay. I mean, yeah. Mirren Crusader is definitely better than this card. I mean, just the rate that it's attacking at is better. Throwing equipment on it is better. You know, um... I, think I mean, this thing with a sword card. is still pretty tight. Like, oh, yeah, you get yeah. Vigilance Lifelink. You, like, put a sword on it, then activate Vigilance and Lifelink. You gain a ton of life and do a bunch of damage, and it's still untapped. But, and, yeah, yeah and, I know. and it's untapped. That's, that's pretty huge. Uh, you know, also, that, and at that point, it's getting around Baleful Trick, which is my giant... That's the biggest problem with this card, is, like, it loses to the most played creature with Death Touch in the format right now. Yeah, right. Right, right, right. Najila, the Blade Blossom, two and a red, legendary creature, human warrior. Whenever a warrior attacks, you may have its controller create a 1-1 one, one white warrior creature token that's tapped and attacking. And then for white, blue, black, red, green, you can untap all attacking creatures. They gain trample, lifelink, and haste until end of turn. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. Activate this ability only through combat. She is a 3-2. I, I well, like Godo better. I like Godo better. Um, this comes down on turn like okay, so this is competing with uh, like Goblin Rabble Master in the in like the Red Prison deck, um, but I, I'm just saying I, hold on, <laughs> I've been sitting this Chief of the Edge from Khan's block just waiting for for playable warriors, like that can get out of control real fast. Um, that's a that's a two mana three two that says other warrior creatures you control get plus one plus zero. And you're playing some sort of Dega deck, right? Yeah, tribal warriors, cavern I mean, on a warrior. At, at that point, why not just throw in uh, a uh, island and a uh, what's it called it and a forest and just see what happens. Yeah, here's the. There's not a lot of good warriors, so uh, there's not a lot of good one mana warriors. It's like blood, uh, blood stain champion or something. I don't know. I want to talk about Najila. It is she fits in the red deck. Um, oh, that reminds me, we forgot something that we have to talk about. Um, but. Uh, yeah, it fits in the red deck already. It pumps out value. Maybe Warrior Tribal someday. Um, I'm going to call an audible. Haha. Okay. And we'll go to the bonus round because I forgot about this card and it's on our list. Bonus round one red, red sorcery. Until end of turn, whenever a player casts an instant or sorcery spell, that player copies it and may choose new targets for the copy. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, so this is like Wild Ricochet? No, this is like an active Pyromancer Ascension. Oh, 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 okay. I see what's going on. So this is a, that's such a weird templating for that card. Well, here's what happens. You cast this, and until end of turn, like, every, every instant or sorcery is copied by both players, right? Oh. So let's oh. say, like this. Okay, so Seething Song, bonus round, okay? So now you got two red floating. Desperate Ritual, bonus round triggers... You have six mana. Sure. Act on impulse. That the bonus round triggers. Now you XL six cards that you can cast, which is probably more mana and more more act on impulse. 
that's that's what happens here. Yeah, that's I mean that seems bonkers. <laughs> now, okay, I think that's good. I think it's I think that makes it an interest. There is a mono red storm deck that my friend Rob Kulari built that has had some reasonable success. The only thing is it for both players. Yeah. The so both your opponent part. has Fluster Storm. Well, <laughs> that's that's a nightmare. I mean, if you're yeah, going to Fluster is... Storm, he's probably going to attempt to Fluster Storm the card as it happens anyhow. Yeah, right. Which still counters That's true. It. Or would you wait till like, there's probably some math you can do where, you, where it just doesn't work. Like, if you Fluster Storm the act on him, like, if you, say, like, Fluster Storm their first business spell after this, it, it, it invites interesting sequencing. And I believe you can loop Lightning Bolt, Gataxian Probe, and Noxious Revival, depending on how much life you have. Oh my god. <laughs> as well, some, well, some way as well. So It's a cool card, though, right? Like, <laughs> what do you... It definitely is weird. If this was in Modern, you would play the Modern Storm, right? Oh, yeah. In a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. All I, right. I mean, I like, I like my weird one of them in Modern Storm anyhow. Like, I used to play Quicken. Yeah, Quicken. Uh, what's the other card you used to play? Uh... Draw three, discard three. Oh, Ideas Unbound. Ideas Unbound. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Well, ideas Unbound, that draws six. Yeah. <laughs> With this, you know. Oh, my God. Um, like, if you do this, the thing is, like, it's got to be mono-red, I think, just because of the casting cost. But So you're not going to do, like, fun stuff like Infernal Contract, but uh, just draw it. Casual draw eight. <laughs> but, yeah. Bumble, one in a blue instant. Return target creature to its owner's hand. Gain control of all auras and equipment that were attached to it, then attach them to another creature. Is narrowly is narrow batter skull hate necessary? I think this is the card that I would play if I was seeing more like Deathblade, and because like this 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 card's problem is solved by Flickerwisp immediately. Like you're just like, oh yeah, I just now I Flickerwisp my batter skull back to back to my side of the board. Yeah. Also, it doesn't. Do anything against Sword of Fire and Ice. It does not. So basically, the best thing you can do with it is they put a GTA on something, they attack, GTA trigger. While the GTA trigger is on the stack, you bounce the creature, you gain control of the GTA, then the trigger resolves, and then you have a GTA with counters. Yeah. But, like, yeah, that's not happening. I mean, Last one standing. That's awesome. <laughs> it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's sweet. Does that count for something, right? Last one standing. One black red. Sorcery. Choose a creature at random, then destroy the rest. Zach, is there any chance you ever cast this and the game ever kills their true name? No. 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 The, it will always spare their true name. <laughs> oh, man. I could just see this being played in Magic Online and people just raging. As soon as, like, I would lose like, it. Well, screw it. Like, here we go. And it's just like the only thing left on the board is a true name with like a bad <laughs> The, the, the other guy's true something. name? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's enough. Azra Oddsmaker, also one black red. Creature Azra Warrior, 3 3. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may discard a card. If you do, choose a creature. Whenever that creature deals combat damage to a player this turn, you draw two cards. Look, I know this is probably unlikely, but in a Delver, deck with Delver and True Name and Baleful Strix, you can, and like a Grixis deck, mm -hmm. this thing can uh, be. Discarding your extra lands for more horrifying Grixis spells real fast. And this is a uh, how how much mana does this cost to put into play? One blue red. One blue. Red. Oh, I'm sorry. One black red. One black. One red. black red. Uh, yeah. I mean, like a three mana three three isn't isn't the worst, right? It's castable, um, and it's in colors that like have attacking creatures. Yeah, this works on the turn that you play it. Yeah. So it, it it doesn't have the Brightling problem of needing you don't need to untap. Like you have this, move to combat. Um if they don't kill this at the end of your main phase, you at least get to discard two, draw two if you have like another creature out that can get through. And if it's on an empty board or something, you just you, you just discard to this own thing and then draw more creatures. Nate, uh correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't it say at the beginning of your turn? Com at the beginning of combat on your combat. turn. Combat, okay. Yeah. yeah, well, that's yeah, that's that's a horse of a different color. That that is, I I think this card might see play as like a, a tricky one or two of it, even in like uh you know like uh uh check pile like you play this card. And well, that's what I'm thinking, right? Like it. the Elfal Strix flies, like yeah. it's gonna get through. Delver is probably a little bit too much to ask for a three mana three three, but like uh, 
definitely like a slower Grixis deck with True Name and Baleful Strix. Like you have evasive guys, right? I mean, think of all the times your opponent has attacked you with his uh, uh, what's called a Deathrite Shaman, and you've been like, fine, you know? Yeah. So the the time when your opponent attacks you with a Deathrite Shaman, but like draws two cards off of it and discards like some random land, that's gonna feel ridiculous. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because it just replaces itself. I mean, it, 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 even if this gets killed, if you've gone down two and drawn two, like, you know, that's that's not it's card parity, right? Yeah. And there's there's always there's always situational cards or extra lands you can you can sure. rough, right? Also, like, you, like if your opponent decides to kill this creature, you still get the draw from the other creature, right? Yes. As uh, well, the only way, you, yeah, the only way they can kill this without you. Is if they don't let it trigger. Yeah. So they have to kill it when you're like move to combat and you say like before you end your main phase, kill this. Yeah. But you know, then it's like you have another creature that they haven't killed. Then they probably killed your creature. But here's the thing, like, if they use removal on your on your death right or baleful strix or snapcast mage, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Then you just have another this is just another creature. Yeah, this is another. This is a threat that can find get out. Find card like yeah. in, in in decks in the decks that like want to card for card their opponents. Like you're, I, I think it's good. I yeah. think it's good enough to see play honestly. Yeah, I do too. I think it'll be fun to play with too. Uh, Sentinel Tower. I mean, like I'm discard punishing fire to it. I don't know. <laughs> Sentinel Tower, four mana artifact. Whatever an instant or sorcery spell is cast during your turn. Sentinel Tower deals damage to any target equal to one plus the number of instant sorcery spells cast before that spell this turn. So, so this is like Storm Tower. Yeah. Um, and there's a storm in it. A storm in the art. Um, this is another interesting, like this is like a like one of those backup plans for Storm where it's like, I can maybe I can tendrils for like I can get up to like six tendrils and then this will finish them off. But like. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think this this is a card for a different kind of storm deck. Like, like high not tide. Jam this into I mean, with high tide, I mean, it's it's better than casting brain freeze. Is <laughs> it, it very well might be right? Yeah. Yeah, is this a good high tide card? I didn't even think of that until just now. But high tide gets up to like storm fifty, but you're still alive. Like. <laughs> yeah. So wait, here's the thing: is is if you can get down the Sentinel Tower as like an alternate win condition, right? Um, let's say you, you slam it down on whatever turn it takes for you to slam this card down, right? How many spells do you have to cast to kill your opponent from there? What, six? Oh, man. So one plus two is three, plus three is six. Oh, shit. Seven. It's seven. Is it seven? Is it, yeah, is it just like, uh, like Aetherflux Aether Aether Reservoir? Yeah. Um, AKA 21. I don't know, man. That's I. I don't. I don't play magic for the math. <laughs> I play it for the sweet so like, art so and the bored. great story. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I think high. This is a good high tide card, and you can sell seeker for your uh, high tide. Yeah, I mean, there you go. We've we've right back to the top, seeker. right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if you if you have high tide, you can cast Will Kenrith because that's a blue card. And then all your instant and will cost two less after that. We've, we've got... Well, that's actually good in high tide yeah, with, uh, with time spiral and turnabout. <laughs> yeah. Uh, order your high tides now. Order your high tides, your meditates, your, uh, you know, I don't know, what else? What other meditate cards? for one mana? That would be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, meditate for one mana is, is, is definitely ridiculous. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way around that. I mean, stroke I, of genius for one is also like to take the two out of the stroke of genius. Oh, yeah, so geez. also makes cunning wish cost one. Will Kenrith does so. <laughs> I think this. Yeah, now that I think about it, I I, I hadn't thought it through until uh, until just now. But yeah, I think high tide. This is a good high tide card, just so they don't have to like dirtle for like fifty storm. Yeah. It just the game just over at eight or whatever. Yeah, I mean, also like this. This just gives you an alternate win condition to like watching your opponent just be like, well. Meddling Mage, Brain Freeze. Yeah, right. You're like, oh, okay. Um, that's cool. There's some interesting cards in here. Some build-arounds, which I like. Um, you've been... Uh, let, let's just change gears. I want to do, like, a, you know, like 10 minutes of catch-up here. Mm -hmm. 
why don't you tell us about your uh, your recently launched stream? Yeah, so I started. Well, I, I basically like I don't know. Back in January, I got a PC, and so I've been twiddling around with it uh, and with uh, MTGA Magic: The Gathering Arena, and uh, you know a little bit of Hearthstone, a little bit of Eternal, just trying to you know uh, figure out like you know get get my bearings into what the streaming universe actually even is, and uh, so I started doing. Uh, like, you know, buying equipment and whatnot, uh, and, and so now I've got a stream up, and it's kind of interesting, like, you know, I was talking to uh, my boss the other day about, like, hobbies and how, like, we kind of overcomplicate them for ourselves, and, yeah. and this is one of those situations where, like, you know, I want to play video games, I want people to watch me play video games, I suppose, uh, but, like, taking it to this next level is, like, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun figuring all this stuff out and doing all the research. Um, so I'll probably end up like, I also have like a YouTube channel that I haven't really used that much and just being able to like give this information out to people seems like a really fun thing to do. Like how to, how to set up a, a stream and like the little tricks that like I, I've learned over the last month and like what you can do to like, you know, minimize the cost while still having like something that effectively looks cool. And then, yeah. like, you know, growing your growing your stream, which right now, like, I think I have uh, maybe one or two subscribers, but, like... Maybe one of them might be me. Yeah, and I, think it's you and, <laughs> I think it's you and Charles Hageman right now. So, uh, twitch.tv slash dirtlemaggots, uh, if you're interested in following me. But the, the funny thing is, is, like, Twitch actually doesn't care so much about how many followers you have. They're more worried about your, like, average viewership when you when you stream. So, like... It's funny, like, the num- the numbers game is a completely different thing, and that's one of the reasons why I started doing the podcast. It's like, I like looking at the numbers and the statistics and yeah. seeing, like, how those things interact with each other, and I wanted to learn how to podcast. And so I've effectively learned how to podcast. I think I, we do we do a, a pretty solid job of producing a podcast every week. And, uh, you know, we've seen it grow, and it's, and it's super, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, 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 it leaves it's you with a real feel-good at the end of the day when you're like wow i'm doing this thing people are enjoying it you know i'm having a good time and and you know overall it's fun so like i figured doing a doing like a podcast that's basically me playing video games like on on twitch which you know that's that's fun too and it's another thing to figure out and you know it like makes you a more well-rounded person you get to figure out like how to do these social media things that you you know previously had no idea about and to me, like half of the fun of that is like the learning part. Yeah. Well, I, I've been streaming now for about the same, or since I guess January as well. That's when I got my new computer, and I, it's been fun. I, I, I think like it's it's one of those things where it's like when you're streaming, like you always feel like you're making mistakes, oh, or you yeah. make like the worst mistakes, which I think is kind of funny. Um, it's fun. I've I've been I streamed some uh, some vintage the other day. That was really fun. I never played vintage before. Um, and I didn't do well, but I did manage to win a game where I didn't cast anything just because, or, I mean, not because, like, not because they conceded because I was playing against Oath and he gave me a bunch of, uh, Forbidden Orchard tokens and I just stopped him from doing anything else and I just attacked him to death with the dudes he gave me. <laughs> give, me give me dudes and give me dudes. Yeah, and it was I, cool to like, it was cool to share that experience. Like, I think I had like, a, you know, 10 or 20 viewers at the time, um, like it wasn't a lot of people. It was like cool to share that experience with other people. Like, look what we're doing. We're about to win this game. Yeah. And we didn't. We didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> except counter spells. <laughs> I think that's the best part. Like, I mean, this game. The reason why most of us play play Magic in general is to is because we, you know, we want to interact with other people. And so, um, doing doing that in in any way is is obviously going to be more fun. So when you're playing Magic at home, and you're playing like you know, against no one, you're playing against the computer, you know, uh, someone else on, on Moto. Yeah, it's fun, but it's not as fun as, uh, you know, playing and having other people watch. Like, for, like when, when people are uh, burning you, like, at a at an LGS, it's a lot more fun because you're like, okay, well, I, now I've got to, you know, work yeah, personality the... into this, and, you know, like, we're playing a game, people are watching, and there's a little bit more pressure, too. But, like, that's, to me, like, playing, playing, any game, you know, you're doing for some sort of social interaction, uh, unless it's unless it's a video game, and and now you have an opportunity with video games where you can make that into a social interaction as well. Yeah, I think um, 
you know, the, the thing is, like, even if someone's watching, you can't, like, discuss plays with them and stuff like that either, yeah. you know, and they can't jump in and be like, ha-ha, look how good you're doing, you know, they don't want to say that. When you, people can't go, like, oh, when you draw a card. Yeah. The local game store either. Like it's fun. So yeah. I sent you my Twitch link. Yeah, we'll put our Twitch links in the in the yeah, in the show notes for this. Let's definitely put the so yours is yours is uh twitch TV slash the frozen divide. And I'll yeah, have was... all these links in the in the show notes as well. <laughs> I know I want to change my Twitch name because it's just like a random song I was listening to when I signed up for <laughs> Twitch. But like now it's just like I didn't want to do that. I wanted to stream and I didn't want to set up a whole new account because I'd set up the stream, so now I'm just stuck with it. But yeah. it's fine. I had an old account um, that's like more of my like video game style stuff, but like I wanted to, you know, combine all of my brands into one thing. So like this week I did a big, a big like Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch rebranding of like everywhere you can find me, it's Dirtle Magus now. Yeah. Well, I played. Well, I'll tell you. Did you play Legacy this week? I don't think you have because of I, Nebulous, right? No, no. My LGS is gone. Yeah. I played Rug Delver on Tuesday. It was fun. Except I lost, you know, I lost uh, four games in a row. I won my first game against Eldrazi, and then I lost the next two, and then I lost two games to Maverick. Um, and then I played against Miracles just for fun, and I won both games, so that was kind of nice. Yeah, Miracles, so, like, if you if you are playing smart, you can beat Miracles with, with Rug. It's just, like, you have to play, like, as tight as possible. Yeah, it's really, it was funny because, like, the Miracles player, you know, my friend Josh, uh, he was like, he's he's 0-2. I'm like, oh, I'm on, I'm 0-2. He's like, I'm like, I'm thinking about going home. But he's like, well, if we're both going to go home, you want to just play now for fun, and then we'll leave. <laughs> so we did that. Yeah. Um, that was that was funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we did that. And then, uh, actually, the, the one thing I really wanted to talk about was that on Thursday, we played pre-modern. Oh. Um, and that was really fun. So we had six players for pre-modern, and we've... Um, let me put the, this in the in the chat so you can put it in the show notes too. Um, we talked about this a couple times. Pre-modern is uh, is another one of these community created sort of old school formats. This one goes from fourth to scourge, so it's all old border cards, but it's not including you know the very early sets with a lot of the design you know wonkiness. And we played. We had six players. Um, I played Veteran Explorer Rock with top end of Autumn Willow and Isan's Shade, because Homeland is a legal set. And I thought Swords to Plowshares would be a very powerful card, so I wanted them. Um, we also had a person playing Sly. It was just, he picked up one of the world champions. We didn't care about, like, proxies or whatever. He just picked up one of the world champion gold border decks and played it. He won every, he won 3-0 <laughs> with just, like, a straight-up world championship deck. Um... Uh, we had a player playing Land Still, um, which was cool. A player playing Enchantress, uh, someone on Blue Green Madness, and then another Veteran Explorer deck with False Cure Combo. Now, in full uh, full disclosure, I went zero three and I won one <laughs> out of seven games because I realized about uh, three minutes into the tournament that playing a Cabal Therapy deck in a format you have no idea what's going on <laughs> in is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> So my opponent goes basic planes, and I and I was like, okay, and I named like Argothian Enchantress, and he just showed me like full counterspell absorb and more like man lands. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> um yeah. So but whatever. It was fun. It was cool to like play all the old border cards and explore some of the interactions I don't think have been done before. Um we're gonna try it again tomorrow, um, up at the store too. I'm gonna build a different deck. I put him to Torok in my deck. Uh, but it turns out it's not legal oh. in the form. <laughs> I could have sworn him to Torak was in fifth edition, but like uh, there's a oh. there's a there's a legacy there. I'm not a legacy. There's a Facebook group for pre-modern that the European guys who who run it have started. And I like posted I posted all about our tournament. I was so excited to post a picture of my list. Guys like, hey, you know him to Torak's not legal, right? <laughs> like, I, it's in like I have a white I've seen a whiteboard him, but it's from like a, from some sort of battle. Like, uh, Beatdown, I think. Beatdown, yeah, whoops. Anyway, um, but we had some cool decks, uh, and we'll try it again tomorrow, and I'm going to see what I can build. I've tried all sorts of fun stuff that hasn't quite worked out yet, like just in Goldfish, and I've been kind of busy, so yeah. I haven't had a ton of time to brew. But I will say this about Pre-Modern. If, if you are a legacy player looking for something else to do occasionally, it's a good format. Because... A lot of the, the the sort of archetypes that you play that that have made it 
to this day in Legacy, like tempo, uh, you know, sort of blue-white control, tempo, you know, Nick Fit, even like rock decks, uh, combo decks, reanimators, a thing you can do. They're all available here, and but the format's sort of a flatter power level, so it's less pressure. Yeah, it's it's, it's like you get to you get to work on your fundamentals. Yeah, it's also like you can use your cards that you already have. You don't have to buy like Black Lotus or something to play old school. Yeah, and it's just like it's a nice. I feel like it's a nice break for legacy players. Like EDH is so different. You know, you know what I mean. Like, what other thing do you want to do? Like modern, super competitive, right? You don't necessarily want to just you know play modern. EDH is just not the same as regular Magic, right? Yeah. This is like one-on-one stuff. You're using your cards that you already have. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I just think that uh, it's a lot of fun, and I hope that we can it, – it's, you know, it's a community-created format. There's all that sort of, like, baggage that goes along with it. But it, it's been a lot of fun, and, you know, hopefully we'll see some growth in the next, uh, in the next couple months or so. Yeah. Some, like, sort of – I, I mean, old school's really stuck around. Yeah, you know? old school – I mean, old school has stuck around long enough that it actually has an effect on, on like, MTG finance. So, like – uh, and, and I don't see it getting played a lot, but, like, there's always an event or two at the bigger events. Um, and this is basically an old school where, like, you don't have to worry about having power. Right, and there's still expensive cards, like Gaia's Cradle, Lion's Eye Diamond, these are all legal cards, but not all of them are great. <laughs> you know, you don't have to have them all. Um, and, like, Force of Will's banned, Brainstorm's banned, like... Which I think is interesting. It makes the format sort of like you have to really work, and you get to play old cards or different kinds of engines. That I think yeah. so. It's a, it's a distinct play experience from Legacy while still being similar in feel. Yeah, and so I agree. I'm a real I'm a real big fan. I'm a real big fan. Um, so far, just got to find a deck. I really wanted to get like a like a Lion's Eye Diamond deck together, just because you know I think in 1990. Eight, we still thought it was bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying. Yeah, to... I'm still gonna call because Phil has Phil's woken up. Phil's here. Phil, I think Phil's here. Phil, are you here? Maybe not. Uh, maybe not. Well, we tried, Phil. <laughs> Phil's gonna come to the end. Yeah. I gotta get going anyway because I gotta pick up my kids from my grandma's or their grandma's house. So, okay, we'll meet up again next week. Right. You wanna add Phil? Yeah. All right. Talk to you later. Later on. Thanks for listening, everyone. Stop! Stop! Animal stuff. Can you see animal stuff? It's our go. Keep it up with the Joneses. Where does he get those wonderful toys? Eternal Dirtles is supported by Audible.com. If you'd like a free audiobook and start up a trial with Audible, you can go to audibletrial.com slash eternal dirtles and they'll hook you up with a free book and you'll be supporting the show. Thanks so much.